1: All right, you guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Temple of Hoop Podcast. I am your co host, Coach Babels, here as always with the bro. Kings, Kings, Wave Cap Kings. I thought you know it's gonna be a generational evening. Kings, what's going on, my guy?
2: Man, chilling, man. Chilling. Have a good
1: weekend. You know, it's always great to record after a Dallas Cowboys win. You know, uh 54-19. I need Dak to be better, but you know, we uh nine and three. It's, it's looking good, it's looking good, it's looking good. I just uh, need you
3: to beat the Eagles, dude. That's it.
1: Jordan, uh the Cardinals were on the bye week, so no um,
3: no terror for you this week. I gave up on the Cardinals a while, okay. man. All right,
1: Kings. How we feeling about the Raiders before we get into this hoop stuff? What, what did you? All I'm doing is I remember when they
2: lost to the. I remember when they lost the Cardinals? I remember they lost to the Jaguars. I rem- I knew by week thirteen, fourteen, I was going to be pissed because we going to win at the end of the season, and all those games we should have won at the beginning was going to make me upset. So. That's where I'm at. I'm upset because now we're fake nice again. <laughs> you know, nothing, just the usual Raiders football for the past four seasons. So, <laughs> All
1: right, but let's switch over to something that will definitely make you a little more uh, excited. Kings, the Lakers have shown a pulse. Eight and two the last ten games. Anthony Davis – Really cared, and we'll get to him in a, in a minute about his resurgence to his 2020 form. But Lakers, 8 2, the last 10 games. Just what have you seen? The, I mean, the, 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 that that Milwaukee Bucks ran. Shout out George Jordan, the Bucks fan. I let him retort with what he felt went on during that game. But that Milwaukee Bucks game, I watched it the next morning. I didn't see a lot. I watched it the next morning. That was a super impressive win on the road against a legit contender. Um, A.D. was special. LeBron was a closer. Just Lonnie Walker with the, with the scoring, the scoring bench he went on. That's probably the best offense they played. Westbrook did not turn the ball over. Just um, probably the peak Laker game of this season so far. Kids, what have you seen in this 8-2 stretch where the season has pretty much turned around a full 180? Uh, man, just uh, uh,
2: the fact that uh... – the importance of player relationships and having a locker room um, be on your, on your side and modern basketball concepts, uh, you know, Dardenham has gotten guys to buy in and uh, play hard, you know, regardless of how productive that they are, they're, they're giving it max effort, something we haven't seen with this team in a while. Um, and then also just modern concepts like Anthony Davis is the center. We've been saying this for how long. And, you know, <laughs> it's, it's finally good A coach was like, look, look you know, we, you need to play your best position. And now look, he's having an MVP year again at the last time he played committed fully center. So, you know, just good concepts, uh, great uh, locker room camaraderie. I mean, obviously we talked about him making the rest rest a positive player for the team um, off the bench, 15 assists. I mean, that's a super playmaker, probably the best playmaker, not probably. He's the best playmaker off the bench in the NBA so, you know, just finding a way for make guys productive. Uh, Troy Brown Jr. giving great minutes. Uh, Lonnie Walker. I, I mean, I, I'm not shocked with Lonnie only because he was young, athletic. I mean, it's, it just depends on opportunity for a lot of these young guys who have talent. Um, a lot of people were overblowing the stuff with Coach Pop in San Antonio. It takes certain type of players to play in San Antonio. Uh, guys aren't always going to be the best fit in certain areas. And uh, you've seen it with other players where they leap pop and they excel in certain roles. That's more beneficial for them. Doesn't mean pop system isn't good. You know, what I mean, it just means that some guys need certain roles to to play to their best ability. So,
1: right, um, just so it, I need to have yeah. to your credit. Before I talk to so Jordan Westbrook, last three games, thirty assists, five turnovers, uh, three and zero. Obviously off the bench, I feel feel like he's really found himself. Him and AD have such a strong playmaking connection. They uh, he always seems to find AD. I think that's going to be huge, uh, Jordan. Well, 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 what do you think about the Lakers as an unbiased uh, viewer?
3: Oh, I mean, I, I think that they've kind of figured something out, and I mean, credit to Darvin Ham. You know, like King said, like he's he's done a, a great job. Um, you know, I I did take the Lakers plus eight and a half on Friday against the Bucks because, you know, that was Chris Middleton's first game back. You know, you're implementing a key piece of your offense and like you're adjusting a lot of roles so you kind of got to figure out rotations again um it's never very it's never easy i mean look at the next game they they sit uh chris middleton Giannis, Andrew, and they win the game you know <laughs> I mean? like it just it, it just happens it's it's part of a long season um but the lakers are playing great dude and, and honestly anthony davis plus if you can get him plus 10 10000 10, 000, 10 like plus ten thousand right now at, for MVP odds, which you could find him at some shops. I mean, you got to take a shot. Third in player efficiency rating, um, he's arguably one of the best isolation players in the in the in the league right now. I mean, he's he's dominating, man. Who'd have
1: thought putting him at center where he's quicker than every big right? Guy. When he's quicker than
3: everybody <laughs> guarding him instead of playing he, power wings like, exactly. <laughs> like Jeremy Bradley, <laughs> for jumpers anymore, dude. United. That
1: was to me. That was the main thing. I remember I saying from jump. I remember he was um, the Lakers, which I leaned into him taking four threes a game, and I was like, he does not need to be doing that. He's the the best finisher in basketball, like like uh, just best live finisher, best role man. Lean all the way into that, I think they have.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, I mean, it was hard for him to get to the basket when he's being you know taking the ball in the perimeter, being guarded by Jeremy Grant. Like you can't, <laughs> he's not good enough to take those type of guys from the wing. You know, taking you know. Nurkic off the perimeter is a lot different than taking Jeremy Grant.
3: 97th percentile and rim shot making uh 92nd percentile and finishing talent around the rim. I mean, the guy's just
1: yeah, that's what I'm Like it's and <laughs> just like told- why would um we'll segue to, to AD now? Uh obviously the huge game tonight. I saw the highlights. I saw the full Bucks game, I saw the highlights of this game. 55-17 today against the Wizards, 22 or 30, two or three on threes, nine or nine on free throws. Just dominant two-way game. Um, it seems like he's teeter is leaning toward that 2020 form where he was one of the five best players on the planet. I think he's been a top five player, especially this last nine games. Just let me read this stuff off to you, man. Uh, 37 and 18, 38, and 16, 30 and 18, 37, and 21, 25 and 15, 25 and 13, 27, and 12, 44 and 10, and then 55 and 17, uh, today, just an unreal tear. Right now, Kings, where do you have AD? I mean,
2: like top three player in the league.
1: Man. Ooh.
2: He's doing some special stuff, man. I mean, just flat out dominant. Both ends, their defense is non-existent when he's when he's not there, and when he's there, they go to like a competitive top ten type of defense. When he's there, like just very high impact on that. That it also goes to show how important the center position is for basketball defensively. I mean, if your center is just not good defensively. Uh, Aka, you brought like as the boy Paul said. You watched Bad Bunny put up thirty plus on the on the Nuggets earlier because of their center. um uh, not, not we gonna get him go.
1: First of all, that's the best
2: backup <laughs> point guard basketball. Not, not trying to not trying to hit on Nuggets man because <laughs> I, I, I I I ain't watching. I'm just throwing, I'm just throwing trolls. But uh, you know, AD at the five just unlocks everything offensively and defensively for I him. Mean, if you're looking at the highlights, right, it's it's more natural. You know, rest is creating for him off advantages against you know the five off the pick and roll and you know what i'm saying AD you can't really switch that you know what i mean because it's like if you're switching that you're putting the big on the point and you're putting the point or a smaller guard on ad whereas with if he was at the four, you had a situation where you could potentially switch a wing disrupt the passing lane so you can't even find ad even though ad has a smaller guy on it but with the center it's a lot different it's easier to break down harder to cover and then you see it when guys are driving now since 80s at the five, he's the sole guy in the dunk spot. So he's getting the easy rolls, you know, the easy finishes, and that's helping him defensively. Now he has more energy on defense because he doesn't have to exert so much to score on offense. He's back to catching easy uh, lobs, easy finishes, dump downs, as well as getting his easier ISO advantages. So now he can really dominate on defense as opposed to having to struggle to create, settle for those jumpers because he has to defend other perimeter guys on the other end. Like, it's just a lot easier on him, and that's why I didn't understand – after a while, I just didn't understand the logic of oh it's gonna be harder on his body I'm like it's really not because you know it's easier the to game, has the like, game has changed the game has changed yeah the game has changed like it's easier to manage for him at that position than him playing the wing like it's a lot harder for him to play the wing now than yeah, than to man, play
1: I big. think I, I think to your point though the first thing you when we first started this discussion you started out with the player coach relationship mm-hmm. and I think moving him to center is an easier discussion coming from you know Ham than it is for Vogel. Being out there. You know what I mean, I think that that definitely has a part to playing. it. I just, um, I think we were both one of the guys. Like when the Lakers were even, you know, going through the ref stretch, like we both saw the vision with what Ham was trying to do. We just weren't sure about the the roster. So I think you know, Ham deserves a lot of kudos. Also, I'm interested to you guys. Um, where are you guys with on LeBron and all this? It seems like he's finally taking that half a step back to kind of lean into the AD thing. Just kind of buying his time, picking up spots like. That Milwaukee Bucks game, for instance, he's kind of just you know biding his time throughout the whole game, and then boom, uh, sixteen point fourth quarter, like where they when they really needed big shot after big shot, kind of matching Giannis and you know, what the Bucks were doing. So where do you where are you go, LeBron, on this right now?
2: I mean, I mean for me, it's like, uh, oh, George, you want to go ahead? Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I'll go ahead. I mean, it's just for me, it's like you know, I mean, it's great. I think he's enjoying the fact that AD has ascended. He's older, so now allows him to not have to do so much. I think he also loves the fact that the Lakers have so many guards. I mean, I keep people keep asking why we have so many guards. Um, I I really, you know, I mean, it's kind of when you see his play style now, you kind of have to think that he has a say in that because he doesn't. He he knows when Russell comes in, he don't have to worry about creating, running the offense. He gets to play off them, gets to cut, gets to take his advantages that they create for him. So it makes it easier for him on his body offensively so he can just play off rust offensively off ad defensively he has ad back there with him so he can kind of roam too so it's like he just wait like you said like fourth quarter okay they needed somebody he was there so like he understands his role ad's the, the tractor. he's gonna carry us most of the time and i'm here i'm lebron james i already know what i'm about everybody knows what i'm about when it's money time, I'm gonna go get mine, and we're gonna go home with a win. Like that's that's his mentality at, at this point. So um, they start off slow. If they make the playoffs, like, like Reed keeps saying, and he's been saying this for two years, and I actually agree with him. <laughs> it's gonna be hard to pick against LeBron, and Anthony Davis in seven games if they are healthy. It is hard to say, yeah, they're not winning that series. Like that's gonna be very difficult.
1: Yeah, it's just got to me. I'm not to that point yet, just because the rest of the roster. I got to see good how good. this how this sustains over the course of season. But in, in theory, that's why we were on Palinka so much. Like you right. have these two players. <laughs> you need to surround them it's not with just hard
3: to mess it's up. Like, exactly.
1: It's, it's, it's like, that's not a hard the bar is low, man. Just shooting, defenders, and let's let's rock, right? Um that's a good segue. In terms of the uh entire West, before we compare them to the other teams, okay, what's the next step for the Lakers here? Uh this is like almost a full one day screen but I'm of the mindset is like you keep Russ just because of the connection he has with AD. And if he's going to keep being a good decision maker and holding down these units without LeBron on the floor with his playmaking and not shot hunting and the bad decisions, I feel like you have to keep him. And I feel like if you make a trade, it's got to be the the, the Nun, Pat Bev, and Picks to, you know, add a piece that way. And you got to kind of keep Russ. So where are you guys with that, given it, with the change in Russell's play and the team on the uptick?
3: Yeah, I agree. I mean, Russell's having a very important role on this team at this point. Right. Yeah. And I, I agree with Kings in the sense that, like, you know, you have LeBron and AD. And I think we all knew when AD asserted himself. I mean, we talked about this two weeks ago, right? When AD asserts himself, he's a top five player in the league. And I think LeBron always envisioned this kind of Lakers team being played out. Like when he got AD there, it was to take pressure off of him. Like I'm getting older. Let me sit back and kind of like facilitate on offense. And then they went and got Russ with the with the vision of, hey, now I can really sit back and 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 pick and choose my spots and when I can really assert myself. I mean, the guy's 38 years old or gonna be 38 years old in a couple weeks. Um, I think at this point though, like you're eight and two. There's no way you can really tinker the roster and trade a, a Russell Westbrook or LeBron or AD. You need to build around those three. Because those three are why you are you're you're playing so well right now, um. So I don't know what the realistic addition is. I don't know who's taking on Pat Bev and <laughs> and picks for something, but I think my you know, thing is you
1: gotta. And I'm
3: not gonna give Balik of
1: this credit for being this thing, but I think towards the deadline teams are gonna be selling. Yeah, I think that you know that's maybe where they'll do it, but you know we'll see what happens. I'm sure they'll be able to. I mean, those picks are attractive. I think twenty-seven and twenty-nine. If you're a rebuilding team, maybe not for right now, but down the road, like, Agreed. hey, we're not we're not going to re-sign this wing. Let's get some value now. I can see that being the case, and then picking up a wing. But yeah, I don't have to attach to. I, I like we've seen none in Beverly play this year. Like you're gonna have to attach one or two picks to get off those guys. Like we we've seen... <laughs> nobody's taking those two alone. <laughs> I think I think just
2: I don't think you have to attach two only because they're expiring. So it's just contract. But, like, if you are trying to trade for a quality wing, you would definitely need to get off one of the first. I think, like people have said, I think the Lakers mentality is now that Russ is productive somehow by a magical way of Darvin Ham, like, we can now, you know, sit back, like Jordan said, because we're winning games because of these three. So we can now sit back, see what's out there, and then buy, uh, you know, around the margins, right? Buy around the margins, just fill a need and go from there and see where the chips fall. You don't need to make that big splash. Because now if you're trading Russ, it's like you have to get somebody who can fill that playmaking board back. Because if LeBron. you don't, you know, you're going to hurt, hurt yourself having to rely on LeBron and having to create for everybody, and then this is going to wear him down. So, you know, it's logically for them, and this is what I know Palinka prayed every single night for, is Russell Westbrook <laughs> trade turned out to be uh, Now he don't have to be in the position of giving up hella picks, and he right. can uh, – by getting a more feasible trade come deadline, I right.
1: think just like doubling back to him, man. Just uh, I remember just the things he said. He said he's going to make Westbrook effective. Check. He's going to play defense. Check. There's a lot of things that he said that he was going to do. He's already, you know, kind of kind of uh, knocking those notches down. So again, kudos to him. My my question to you too uh, is this sustainable over the course of a season? Because right now AD is playing at an all time level. Like it's just the 28.5, 28, 29 a game on 67% true shooting. Uh, probably the, one of the two or three best defensive players in basketball out to Brooke Lopez. Um, <laughs> how sustainable is, is this to you guys over the course of the 82? And, you know, just what do you, you have any concerns at all going forward with this team? What do you think, you know, they're, they're trending the right way and this will be, you know, kind of be it.
3: I want to circle back to, uh, Feasible trade, real quick. Kendrick Williams from Oklahoma City. You could definitely trade a Pat Beverly and a pick for him. I'd like
1: a wing to be able to shoot a little better. I saw Cambridge when he was with the uh, with the Pelicans. It was not good. I think he made like six threes against the Lakers one game, and then didn't make a shot for like two months. So like that's burned in my head.
3: <laughs> uh, but it wouldn't you know, take as far as feasible and and it sustaining itself. I think AD is one of the best players in the in the in the world when he's healthy and asserts himself. Now that's the biggest question because we saw it in the Pacers game. Like, I don't know if he got gassed or or what happened, but at the end of the game, he like completely stopped defending the rim. And that's when the Pacers came back and made a run and ended up winning that game. It was because AD just kind of fell off in that game. That was that was one of the biggest differences in that game. So when AD asserts himself and when he's healthy, one of the best players in the world, the sky's the limit for the Lakers. You obviously have LeBron James, is one of the best players in the world. I think it's absolutely sustainable 100%. Hmm.
1: And uh, um, maybe... go ahead, go ahead, Kay.
2: Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll say I'll go back to the game that got me to buy in or the stretch that got me to buy in was uh, 80 was playing out his mind without Bron. They were winning games. Remember, we talked about LeBron coming back. What would that mean for a team? He came back, they won. But then something else happened. AD sat, rested, and it was just Braun, and they still won. So when that happened, I was like, okay, the process of what Ham is doing is working. They're not just competing when all the guys are there. They're competing every night. And when you compete every night, you're always going to give yourself a chance to at least win. And then when you have two of the stars of the caliber of LeBron James and AD playing at a high level, then you can beat any of the team in the league. When you have star power like like that, so that's why I wasn't my, my the key my thing with this stretch was to really gonna test if Ham's team plays hard, and because if I knew if Ham was gonna if Ham guys play hard, they were gonna get wins on any of these teams. Because honestly, like I told you, there's not any drastic star power difference between any of the top teams in the league and the Lakers. So right. if their stars right. are performing and the guys are playing hard, they can beat anybody.
1: Yeah, and so that's it's, what it's, 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 it's more so about depth on the margins, the more so. Yep, exactly. Sold.
3: I mean, they played well, that Bucks game like it was Game Seven of the Finals. I mean, you saw Darvin Ham celebrate yeah. after the well, game. I,
1: well, I'll, I'll, I'll say this: A, your old coach is going back home. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's the other thing. B, Giannis have been kind of taking it to AD the last few matchups. You could tell AD team that very personal. And then three, the team is also trying to turn the season around, so the games have more urgency. So I think a few factors contributed to the intensity of, of that game. So. You know, yeah, but you like right? that. Last like, year, big matchup. you yeah, right. Last year, they were quitting that halftime game. So and it, it is what
3: it is. I like the Lakers plus eight and a half for a reason in that game. Man. Right. So,
1: uh, moving forward, so December was always a litmus test for me. I said that even through that stretch, December will, I will make my final decision on, you know, where the Lakers are, just from, from my opinion. They got Cavs on Tuesday on TNT, should be a really good one at Cavs. Back to back Wednesday at the Raptors. At Philly on the 9th, at Pistons on the eleventh, come back home on the thirteenth against the Celtics. Big game alert! Then they have the Nuggets a few days later, a few days off, and then Wizards, and then they got Suns, Kings, Hornets, Mavs, the P- Magic, Heat, Hawks. So the, the tail end of December kind of kind of you know, tails off as far as competition, but. Going into the middle part of December, schedule gets really tough. So we're definitely gonna find out what they're made of. Really looking forward to the the Suns games. Uh this back to back with the Cavs and Raptors. The Cavs are a really good basketball team.
3: So look like dookie. Huh? The Raptors look like Dookie the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, they've got yeah. I saw I saw I saw the game that got thrashed by the Pelicans that was not even competitive. So yeah,
3: thrashed by the Nets too. Yeah, see, the
1: yeah, so that, that, we'll go into that. Um Moving to, ironically, moving on to the other hot team in the West right now, the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, my preseason pick for 50 wins. This was my shot. I, I I take one wild shot every preseason. This was it. I look like I think I think I hit on this one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I got off him a little bit because of all the injury stuff. I just, without trusting B.I.'s eye on the floor. George stayed on him. He was like, no, this team is still very good. They were number two in his power rankings. All right they are the number two team in the West right now um, beat down the nuggets today who are the number the team ahead of them to pass them up they're one game behind Phoenix second best team in net rating fourth of mm-hmm. the NBA in net rating everything that says this team is going to win 50 games if they can you know have some type of you know consistency with health herb Jones and Ingram are out currently they're both questionable for the Pistons game Jordan what do you see with the Pelicans right now
3: I mean, I think they've done a phenomenal job drafting. And you got to give a lot Man, of.
1: Credit to nah, I, I was going go to go that. Go ahead.
3: And you got to give a lot of credit to Trajan Langdon and uh and and Griffin. I don't know how much either one of them has, but I, I think Trajan Langdon probably has a little bit more, um, to do with the drafting than than Griffin. But I mean, they've drafted phenomenal. Trey Murphy from Virginia. I mean, just a phenomenal three and D player. Um, the kid they got from Australia. His name's slipping my mind right now. G League at night, baby. Dyson Daniels. Dyson Daniels. The
1: G-, G League at night. Yeah, I remember. I wanted. It was funny. I wanted. I was like, Yeah, I will would I'll left him on the Lakers, and they got him with the Lakers pick.
3: Still <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, no, they mean, they got they got a lot of talent on that team, a lot of young talent, and uh, you know Willie Green's coaching them up. And I think that's the that's the number one thing about young players is if you can get them to buy into your system and get them to play together and play every night and play hard then the sky's a limit because once the business side comes into it, where guys are playing for their second contract and, and they start losing the sense of uh, the team and they're, they're more focused on on themselves, I think that's when you start to lose. And I, I think we're seeing that with the team in the East right now. But, um, yeah, man, I, I, Jason, you know, I, I love the Pelicans. I, I even think with – as long as you got at least one of Zion and Brandon Ingram healthy, I think this team is legit. And if you get yeah. both of them healthy, it's even better. Just like to your point,
1: so in addition to the Murphy hit, which was was a Murphy pick, which was a home run at 17, uh, Daniel seemed to be like the guy that got at eight. But I think, especially for teams in small markets, you got to hit home runs on your cheaper players. Jose Alvarado, Herb Herb Jones, second round pick, starting wing for that team. Jose Alvarado,
3: the second round, man. Jose
1: Jose Alvarado, because he was 24. Jose Alvarado, undrafted free agent, signed up to a four-year deal on the minimum. Uh, and there, I, I, to this day, you, I, this might be me being biased. There are not five backup point guards better than him in the NBA right now.
3: Oh, you might be yeah. right. You might so be that, right. That's
1: kind of where I am. And my Uh-oh. thing with the Pelicans before I pass it uh the Kings, I said before the season, I thought outside of a health, healthy Clippers team and healthy Celtics team, they probably have the most versatile roster in the NBA. With about a different playing big, playing small, they can put five wings on the floor. Uh, they can beat you up with differences. Uh, the difference is the with Kings illness. can't
3: defend for it. what you say? The Kings can't defend if their life depended on it. <laughs> so, but that
1: was, uh, I thought I thought they had the most versatile team in the NBA, or top three, and I thought that was why I was so high on their ceiling. Conference finals, mm, even though Zion's playing out of his mind, it's funny. I think Zion and and AD are going to end up in the MVP conversation. Leggers keep trending up and the Pelicans went over 50. I think they'll both be in it. I still think it's Tatum's a lose, obviously, uh at this point. If the Celtics keep beating up on the entire league and look, make it look, look, look like JV. But yeah, man. King's thoughts on, on the Pelicans. Yeah, I mean, it's young, dangerous, talented.
2: Don't, you know, don't really have any worries because, you know, they weren't really expected to be this good. And it's like that Grizzlies effect of them last season. Mm. It's like the early OKC Thunder type of type of vibes with them. You know, they know they're good. They know they got a lot of talent. They know they're young and they know that people aren't expecting them to really dominate the way they are. So they just playing with free with house money. You know what I'm saying? They just having fun with it. They got a great coach in terms of being able to get guys to, to be the best of their abilities, good player coach. In there, you know I'm saying they and you know they they play to the their best abilities of their offensive guys. You know they got the shooting big for Zion, knowing that he they wanted to build around him. Got good complementary scoring guards who can you know score and pass off off the guys who create rim pressure in Zion, and they and they can also shoot. So it's like no, you know it's they built the right formula for for their team for their offense to win. Uh, I don't know though, like in terms of. Defensively in the playoffs, is going to look nasty, but I mean, so it, you're,
1: you're you're right with that, because my thing is Willie has been more than willing to sit Jonas, and I think that's been the big key. Can Willie not, even though he makes 17 mil, can you sit him for the betterment of the team? He's been doing that all year. They're the only team in the NBA that's top six in offense and defense. Yeah. Um, can you check this out? Zion, the last four games, 28, 10, six assists. 3.6 stocks, steals and blocks, and 65%
3: shooting from the field, and they have won their last four games. Uh <laughs> I would also you know they, all, they think, I'd guys. also I'd also push back a little bit on that Kings in, in the fact that like that they that they're playing with house money because I think with them making their run to the playoffs last year, giving Zion being out, and they took Phoenix to the brink in the first round, right? Yep, yep. Without Zion. I think getting Zion back, being healthy, I mean, my expectations for the Pelicans were to at least win a playoff series in the first mm-hmm. round. You know what I mean? So this is exactly where I expect them to be. Um, And I, I think – Second best team in the West? That
1: high? I mean, I had them top four.
3: Not second, not, not second best team in okay, the. Okay, okay, But, right. but winning, a, <laughs> winning a first round series, I would – Okay, would, okay. My expectations of them going into this season. But, I mean, that's how high I am on this team because I think they – have They've done such a great job from top to bottom. I think they've drafted very well. They've developed very well. They've coached very well. So I personally, I have a lot of expectations. I know the consensus expectations aren't as high as mine, but I think at least winning a playoff series. I think you guys would both agree with me that would, that's the expectation coming into the season. That's the only thing is the because like Phoenix,
1: Denver, like Memphis, Golden State, like those aren't bad teams. So you talk about if the Pelicans win a
3: series. Like one of those teams is going home, and yeah, no, I think the they, first... <laughs> I definitely think if they had Zion last year, they beat the Phoenix Suns in the first round. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, I think we are.
1: Okay, okay, I I, I get what you're saying. I I 100 I agree
3: with what you're saying. That's fair. I'm also very down on the Suns though, as you guys both know.
1: Oh, yeah, I, yeah, you weren't. I remember you weren't buying them last week. <laughs> I... <laughs> That was that was funny, man.
3: Um, oh, I got Devin Booker 50 to 1 to win the MVP, though. Well, so they, if they, end up the, they end up the
1: first, they end up the first seed. He'll be in the conversation because without Chris Paul, Cameron Payne can only dribble going to the left. They don't hate that team, has no ball handlers, and they're winning games night in and night out because he's been incredible. Yeah, so he'll be in that conversation.
3: He's um, the guard, uh, Cameron Payne's a guard version of Julius Randle. Right.
1: I gotta ask you guys a question. So, right now. You got Lakers and Minnesota outside the ten right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Kings. I know you. I think, I. I believe that your your Timberwolves will sneak into the ten. Obviously, yeah. the Lakers will get there. Out of so, what two teams are coming out? Uh, you got Utah, Dallas, Clippers, and Portland right now, holding on through those seven through ten. Sacks kind of falling. Uh, well, sacks not fall. They won three in a row. Um, so. Who who's dropping back? We're at the quarter pole now, so it's I think it's a little bit you know fair to start looking at some of these tanks. So who's dropping out in that 10? Do you guys think? Bye bye, Utah.
2: <laughs> They're coming down to earth already. Yeah, Utah's gonna be
1: out of there. And uh say, man, it. Man. say it. Say it. I want you to say it. Yeah, say it, say it. <laughs> Say it, Luca. Guys, work cut
2: out. <laughs> <laughs> Luca, guys, work cut out for him, bro.
1: That's my, my thing see. is it's my thing is people get upset, but it's not Luca. It's the rest of the team. These other teams <laughs> are too good. Like, what was going to be a playing team, and this is like probably the best support cast Dame has had since he's been there. Yeah,
3: like when they top. finally put some wings their around top. him. There's some depth, like so good. like. The reason why they're falling off is because he's not healthy. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Like, exactly. that. like, That's so, it.
1: like that. Is, it's not about Luca is a surefire top five player to me right now. Like, he, he's going to lock it, lock that in easy. But that team is so bad outside of him, like so bad. It's like Reggie Bullock. Because <laughs> like they got like he, he has probably the best shot quality three pointers in the NBA. He's shooting like 28 percent and something ridiculous like that. Like You can't win. Production like that, if you like, you're depending on Christian Wood to play in big moments, and you can't have him and Luca on the floor together because your defense goes off a cliff,
3: bro. This guy, this guy right here, said that the Christian Wood addition wasn't going to do anything. Well, you and King, well, King, you and King's both
1: uh, like, we both all three of us said the idea of Christian Wood is better than what he is exactly. He's yep. like, oh, big guy who can shoot, athletic, but his defensive uh discipline. And then the shot hunting is just not conducive to what they want to win. Honestly, they need all jokes. They need what Porzingis is
3: now to be <laughs> I, tweeted that was... that. I tweeted that the other day. <laughs> I was like, man, they could really use a guy like Porzingis right now. <laughs> man. yeah. I want to ask you guys something real quick. Go ahead. Um, the tr- This news dropped today about Trey Young and, and Nate McMillan. Uh, I saw it. Um, but was... Trey Young skipped out on a game because of a disagreement with Nate McMillan. I guess he was uh, – wasn't feeling 100 percent Nathan Nate McMillan said if you're not willing to come off the bench and just don't show up to the game, Trey Young doesn't show up to the game. Do you think that this is problems going forward for the Hawks? I mean, this it's, it's oh, the much only benefit.
1: thing I would say is and they said this is not the first like this is a festering issue with with uh with Trey Young. Who said that? the, the article I mean, shams dropped. You didn't see the Article of Shams, they're like they're questioning whether he can lead a franchise the question whether he's the guy read, who, I did it, not
3: read that or I read it, wrote, it Sam's it.
1: wrote an entire article about it that's um the thing is the thing is being a guy who coaches even at a lower level we're not in these locker rooms to say what's what so just let me put that out there before I, I give an opinion um but I would think that you would want to play regardless like Steph is different as far as a leadership standpoint, but in the playoffs, he literally volunteered to come off the bench because during part part of his rehab, said I'll come off the bench to not throw the team off rhythm. So when you see a champion being able to humble himself to that level, like I said, we don't know what what exactly was said, but on the outside looking in, when you're able to see a, a champion and one of the greatest ever at his position humble himself like that, and you see, you know, read this story, it, it does kind of raise eyebrows. And this is, again, we do not know the full story, but I'm just saying on the outside looking in, that's kind of how I took it. So, uh, Kings, what do you think? That's just kind of how the, the, I took the missing the game part.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not the one to force guys to play um, when, you know, they're not feeling good or when they're not healthy. That's not my call.
1: I think he wanted to play. He just didn't want to do shoot around. Right. Am I right, Jordan? Uh, that's what I got from me. Okay. To play. He didn't want to do shoot around. Oh, okay. 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 So, 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 yeah. So that's kind
2: of what's confused me when I was reading. I was like, did he want to play? Did he not want to play? If he wanted to play and just wanted to skip shoot around, then that <laughs> goes to the second part follow-up I was saying, because this is not the first time uh, the rumblings have been made about Trey Young's attitude in the locker room. This has kind of been one of those things that's been bubbling up for a little bit. You know, I've heard of him a couple of years ago, but you know, I was like, you know what, they're a young team, he's young, he might figure it out. Then they went on that Eastern Conference Finals run. So it's like, hey, you know, they're producing, they're winning, you know, they 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 have an uptrend, but now that you're expected to win, now that you're expected to go compete for chips, um, a lot of people feel like it's no place for some of these things that he's been doing because they understand what the stars, like Maple said, had to sacrifice to get to a chip. The type of standard they held themselves to in regards to their individual play and what they expected from their teammates and how they had to show that and it's like when your number one guy is kind of like you know still on oh I'm gonna just do it whenever I feel like it type on type of time and it's not like all in locked in on ready to win it's like it, it's it's not it doesn't come off right you know because guys don't wanna guys aren't gonna wanna like you know. Go and leave it all on the floor for somebody who's not gonna do the same for them. You know what I mean? It's just that's what it is. But I don't, I don't know if that's what's going on because, like you said, we're not in the locker room. That's call. But that's
1: what it's been sounding like. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, you we know? did. Yeah, I, I definitely want to be like sound like that was like that was it. Just on the outside looking in. To be fair, McMillan told the reporters uh, that it was just miscommunication. He did practice fully today, and he's returning tomorrow. Uh, it Said. The official story, just uh, to get it out there. Young was receiving treatment. McMillan asked him if he would participate in shoot-around and receive treatment during the walkthrough. Young said that he wanted to focus on his treatment while missing shoot-around, and he would decide later if he would play. McMillan responded with uh, well, come off the bench or don't come to the arena, which was in in, in quotes, and Trey Young decided to just not come to the arena. So that's, that's the story of what happened. So it wasn't like for sure he was going to play, but when the ultimatum was presented that he was going to come off the bench, if he did play, that's when he said he wouldn't play. So
3: a follow-up question to this: Dejounte Murray having a huge impact this year for the absolutely been one of the best best pickups. Immediate returns on that trade, yeah. Trey Young having a down year to his standards uh, so far in the league since that trade. Do you think that that has anything to do with any of this? And obviously, like I said, like you said, we aren't in the locker room. We don't know the full story of what's going on. We're we're obviously just speculating and and we're kind of just throwing things out there. But do you think that has kind of upset him in a in a, in a way? Because- no, no. no. I'll, I'll say this: that trade was pushed for by Trey. He wanted another ball handler. My
1: thing is, with a guy who's on the ball like that, it's an adjustment to come off the ball uh, that much. I think that is the biggest adjustment: just figuring out how to play with him. I think that's a bigger adjustment, but I'm sure that, you know, them being thirteen and ten with Trey not playing well, like that, that's a good basketball team at the end of the day. I think that's that's the, the bigger adjustment is playing without the ball. You know, my, my thing with Trey, I think he's one of the better offensive engines in the NBA. My concern with him has always been the other end. He's yeah. gotta start giving an effort on the other end to maximize whatever the Hawks do. And but I don't think that DeJounte thing's the issue at all.
2: Yeah, I mean, Trace still Trace taking more shots this year than he did last year per right. game. He's you know, so I don't it. think it's affecting him getting his numbers. But like you said, like and that goes back to what we said about guys, you know, giving their all. It's like it's 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 you're a championship team. You got to start trying on defense, man. Right. Like you have to start giving more effort. You're gonna have to start, you know, trying to sit, especially when you have the off ball guy to take stress off you offensively. It's no excuse for you to say, okay, I need to do all this. I need to be the engine. I need to set up everybody got that guy now to take to take some stress off you it's time for you to start playing some defense you know at, at a more consistent level
3: yep no, I agree with that the only reason why why I asked that is is because his numbers are obviously down and, and some some guys you know when when they're not getting that kind of shine they do kind of get upset I mean everybody's got egos you know what I mean at the yeah. end but yeah, my and- thing
1: is he's 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 been paid trade has been paid I think that that's probably what a lot of where the stuff comes from but once yeah. you get paid, I think guys are okay with the, you know, all, all that other stuff goes. Good point. Last segment, we do this every couple of weeks. Recharge. Let's go in the Eastern Conference, uh, Jordan. Let's start with you. I need your top five teams. Power rankings may not be record. The quote Stephen A. Smith. The list is fluid. Uh, give me your top five teams
3: in the East right now. Well, my power is definitely my power is more off predictive stats than anything. But I got uh, Boston number one mainly because they're one of the only teams in the East that take the regular season serious. Uh, they try very hard every game. And they're they're the best team in the NBA, in my opinion. Uh, number two, Cleveland. Number three, Milwaukee. Getting Chris Middleton back, it's going to take a while to get him back in the rotation and kind of figure out their rotation going forward. So I do ex- expect some bumps along the road. But ultimately, that team wants to be playing their best ball in March. Um, number four, I have Philly, even without Harden and Maxi. I think they're... I mean, after three, dude, the, the East is so, like, up in the air to me. Yeah. I think we could mix and match. And then number five, I got Toronto right now. But if people wanted to throw Brooklyn or anything, I wouldn't that argue. Was, yeah, I was about that. About that. <laughs> Go ahead, King.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, I got, you know, I got Boston one. Obviously, I got Milwaukee two. Um, I think for now, I'll put Cleveland at three. As I'm going off predictive. I would put Philly over Cleveland, um, but I think for now I got Cleveland because they've been playing more consistent, and uh, that's that's now two years of good regular season play. Uh, I got Philly at, uh, at four because, like, the way they've been playing without their guys, um, very good team. Obviously, when they're full healthy, they're going to be a problem. And then number five, you can put a bunch of teams, um, but I think you got to go with the star power and just go with the Brooklyn. Um, they got the talent. They got the stars. At the end of the day, when you go to, comes down to a playoff team who's the best, those guys are going to be the ones that are going to be pushing and winning this playoff series. So i got them.
1: Yeah, so I differ. I'm kind of more in line with Kings. I got Boston one. I got Milwaukee two Uh with Middleton back. I think that's going to give them a boost in a long call. Once he gets adjusted, I think they'll take off um, Cleveland three. After those three, I think that's the first tier of the conference, in my opinion, those three teams. Um, after that, a little bit of a drop-off. I got Philly four, and then I have Brooklyn five. I think Brooklyn's trending the right way. The rats playing out of his mind. They got reinforcements back. I believe TJ Warren returned. Uh, I think that's a big boost. I think guys are starting to believe in what Jack Vaughn is preaching. So I think that's also a big thing. They got a coach that they, they're going to get behind. I think that was the biggest issue in uh, Brooklyn. Uh, Steve Nash may have known basketball and they know what he's doing, but he was not a galvanizer <laughs> of the troops based on everything that you read. So I think just having that change is a big boost to Brooklyn. And we say all the time, man, the same thing with, you know, with Brown and AD, when you have a guy like that on your team, you know, any given night, you're, you're a threat to pull something off. So I think that's why Brooklyn will always remain, you know, interesting at the least because they have KD. Yep. So that's kind of where I am in, in, in the East. So we're not too far off. I was now, really
3: uh, – sorry to interrupt, but I was really – I didn't like Brooklyn today. They were three point dogs at home against the Celtics. They get within seven with two minutes to play and then give up an 11 0 run to Boston. I mean, did they give up
1: an 11 0 run or is Boston? I think Boston's kind of head and shoulders above the league right now. I think that's, you know, that's, I didn't see, I didn't see the the entirety of that game. So it wasn't good. (laughs) I just, I think Boston's just, Boston's just, Man, that do to agree, but they are the they the the best they're team in the best, league right now. They are
3: they are the best team in the league for sure, hands down. All right, let's go
1: out west, King. You can go first. Give me your top five teams in the West right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, number one, you gotta go Phoenix Suns. They've been the most consistent. Um Number two, you know. I should I should logically take the Nuggets, but man, you give up that much to Jose? You know Jose? <laughs> you know, it's just I I gotta go with the Pelicans. Oh, you should not team. be in your top ten. You got
1: to you know stop I mean? talking. You got to stop talking about Jose like he's not a top five. Back he's he's a
2: guard, he's man. a he, I I like him. I like how he plays. <laughs> but man, you gave up forty. To, you gave up forty, man. And hey, shout out to New York Hoops. You know he he bought he bought like a New York Hooper. So. He can put it on, but, like, man, I got to get Pelicans, too, just for the way they went today. Nuggets, I'll give them at three. Um, Grizzlies at four because I have a better record and five the Warriors. Um, obviously, you got to put the defending champs in the top five. Uh, I think the West is pretty pretty, pretty much where it's at. Um, you know, the teams are starting to establish – the best teams are starting to establish themselves. And, you know, the round out of the top five, you're always going to go with the defending champs over the Kings. So.
1: Yeah, we're just past the, the quarter pole of the season, so we're, we're starting to see a little bit of how things are going to shape out. Obviously, the health is going to be the biggest factor for me.
3: Go ahead, Jordan. Man, my top five is going to uh, shock uh, y'all. Uh, number one, number I got one the I got Pelicans. The- mm, one? Yep. Number two, I have the Phoenix Suns. Number three, I have the Sacramento Kings. Wow, or I have Memphis, and number five, I have Golden State right now. Mm. Yeah, hey, we gonna argue. So, one for me, Phoenix
1: again, training as a dominant team outside of Boston, the most you know consistent team in basketball, net rating on off, but all that stuff looks really good. Uh, New Orleans is two for me, three. I went with Sacramento. I, I don't know how they are winning with a defense that bad. They just – they can score with anybody. Um, yep. I don't think they're the third-best team, but right now I think they're the third-best playing team. Um, number four, Golden State Warriors. Quietly, have figured things out since they sent uh, Wiseman to the G League. Like, it's not all on him. I just think they figured out how they have to play a certain way with the with their roster makeup and not having the big – I think they leaned into, leaned into that 100%. And then five, I went with the Lakers. Um, three teams in the West have one A out of their last 10 games Phoenix, New Orleans, and the Lakers. So they jump all the way to five for me just with the current hot streak.
3: Ooh. Ours, hey, our top five was pretty similar. What do you mean we're going to argue? Well, they had the Lakers. You guys, none of you guys have the Lakers. Yeah, I think you're reaching on that. But, well,
1: no, I say, no, it's right now. Like, right now, there aren't five teams in the West playing better than them, Not overall. Like That's the power rankings is like there, you know what right? I mean? That's where it was for me.
3: Yeah. If yeah. But I'm glad we both agree on the sack kings that we got in third.
1: Yeah, man. I gotta, you know, the the Warriors Warriors tickets are expensive, but the hour drive to Sack to get to cheat tickets to see some good basketball, man. That might be a way. Light the beam, <laughs> baby. Light the
2: beam. <laughs> I, I just can't rock with teams that don't defend, bro. I know, like, King, just, King, King. Yeah, my top five power rankings.
3: To <laughs> yeah, the Kings, the thing is, is nobody defends in the NBA right now. Like, Oh, yeah, Jordan, drop, so. that is a great, great transition. Jordan, tell me what you told me earlier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I tweeted it out, and, uh, you know, I know King saw it, but 113 points per game, the most right. in the modern era of basketball since the NBA and ABA merger. That's the most points scored per game in the NBA since then that what's is- the offensive rating yeah that's what i was gonna ask what's what's that oh i, I don't know the offensive rating but it's probably it's got to be up there oh,
1: obviously we just, i just want to know uh, yeah, what, what the just, offensive rating was compared to other areas because pace and all that i think we had to factor yeah,
2: that I, I know uh the the year after the bubble uh the year after the bubble we had the COVID hoops where the in arenas where there was no fans um that was like crazy nba a historical rating, yeah, right, right. offensive rating. So I'm not, if, I mean, it's a good, a lot of points per game right now. I just want to know if it, it matches that.
3: That's crazy. Cause last year scoring was down in the first, two right. The season, yeah. Like way down. And then now it's like completely, it's completely back up. Hold on. Let me, let me pull it up real quick. I can get it.
1: Yeah. Well, while he's doing that, I just, my, my opinion on that is it's like, there's, there's a few factors that go into it. A obviously I think the defense isn't great. Secondly, I just think teams have leaned all the way into this pace and space era of basketball. Yeah, The so guys are coming in, you know, three-ball, three-ball, threes and layups. Everything's about efficiency, threes, layups, free throws. That's the game right now. And I think that, you know, that's pretty much the foundation of it all. And I still think the best defensive teams are going to win basketball games, though, despite all this.
3: All right. So, offensive. this is the number one offensive-rated season of all time. There you, go, there you go, Kings. Number one all time. Here we go. Um, right there behind that 2020-2021 season. Yep. Right here. No fan hoops.
1: <laughs> no fan hoops.
2: <laughs> no fan hoops.
1: So what – I, mean, I get my opinion. What do you guys think are the, are the reasons leading
3: to that? Well, I, I think pace and space has a lot to do with it. But I also think the season is so long that a lot of these teams that are like – they know they're good. They know they're going to contend at the end of the year. I think a lot of them like coast through a lot of half their games. You know what I mean? Like 82 games is a long time. And if you know, like if you're the Milwaukee bucks, if you're the golden state warriors at the end of the day, and I'm, I'm I'm just saying those two teams because they both won titles recently at the end of the day, they know what it takes to win a championship and they know that what they do in November, December, doesn't really matter. They got to play, be playing their best ball at the end of the season. And I think that's why when the Warriors started so slow, like you saw no worry or concern from any of them. You know what I mean? They're like, we'll figure this out. We'll we'll write the shit. Like it doesn't yeah. matter what we're doing right now. Right. You just need to get in the playoffs. They don't need a number one seed. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pace and space, but also a lot of guys
2: are better at shooting the ball too. So with them being able to shoot the ball better, the pace and space is actually more effective.. Yep. Um, yep. So and then also the fact like maples, we brought it up earlier in the earlier episode, teams defensively are vanilla right now. they um, yeah. they' they're, they're you no know, they're barely getting any practices to build the reps to really be able to defend at a high level. So it's just a lot of vanilla de- defenses. Um, you know, you don't want to a shoot. Lot of guy, Yeah, a lot of guys are just pacing themselves. Because like Jordan said, they know they're going to be compared at the end of the season. Why go all out now? Risk injury, risk wearing tears. It's like, let's just outscore these dudes. Let's make it to the end of the season. Let's get into the playoffs and then we'll go all out on, on there. And it's
1: it just speaks, I guess, to he the issue. a marathon. Marathon. Yeah, oh. it's a
2: marathon. And it speaks to the issue of the NBA regular season. Um, but I think. I think they can offset it with the fact that these guys are so skilled offensively. Like the scoring is attractive to fans. Um, you know what I mean? That this, at the end of the day, the, got people like the offensive talent and the offensive firepower. So if, as long as that is the focal point of, uh, you know, a pace, a pace, and like, you know, it's not seriously taking regular season, then it'll still be attractive for people to watch.
3: Do you think it's more attractive to casual fans? Because in, I, I honestly – it's dreadful watching the NBA right now because I'm just, like, yeah. like watching dudes just run up and down and score. Mm-hmm. Or I could watch I, basketball I and they actually try on defense.
2: I think it's more fun for the casual fans who watch and get into um, because the casual fans love the highlights. They love the scoring. They love the stats. Uh, but I think for guys like us who've been watching hoops for a long time, different eras, other older folks, you know, that's why you have the old heads in the league that butt heads with the newer, younger gen because we come from an area where you, ha- where you play defense. You know what I mean? You, you had those low-scoring 80-, 70-point games, and it's like it's just a whole different game now. You know what I mean? You And guys who watch people play in that area and watch them play today, you it's obvious guys aren't playing as hard, like, on a night
1: tonight night It's obvious. And I think to add to that, the rules have... And the rules you know, have changed for that. ...influenced yeah. that as well, you know, so they haven't allowed you to be as physical as you can, you know, defensively, but, hey, man, it is what it is. Jordan, before you get out of here, uh, I haven't done this the last couple of weeks, please plug your stuff, man. You got good stuff. I forgot to ask you. Tell people where they can
3: find your other work, man. Well, before we do that, I want to give you guys a, a very sharp best bet for tomorrow. <clears throat> All right? Gonzaga... Kent State over one hundred fifty three and a half points. This is this is money bet. This is my favorite bet of the day tomorrow. Uh, and I've been I've been crushing college hoops, man. I love college hoops, baby. Zaga Kent State over one fifty three and a half. Zaga nineteenth in effective field goal per, uh percentage, sixteenth in uh, or sixteen seconds per possession. Kent State shooting thirty six point eight percent from three. Zaga opponents shooting thirty three and a half percent. Thirty two percent of their opponents' points are coming from the three point line both play both play fast zaga obviously loves to run if you like college hoops this game's going way over it, gentlemen this game should be like over 160 and we got it at 153 and a half there you go
1: get yourself some money man and if you lose it's not our fault
3: it's not our fault <laughs> follow me on uh, twitter at jordan rules tsp and you can complain to me i'll take the i'll take the complaints we're also taking saints plus 3 tomorrow gentlemen
1: ooh okay so the money back okay bet. All right. Make sure you follow Kings, the new Twitter, RIP Kings, bruh. It's a funny guy. <laughs> myself, JJ Mabel's 55 underscore MST. Subscribe, follow the pod, leave feedback, rate, rate, rate. We appreciate all the feedback. And uh, you guys be safe, and we are out of here.
2: Peace, y'all.
1: Oh, before. Oh, oh, oh. you know what? Stop, 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 stop. All right. stop. All right. I told myself I would do this. I have to. As okay. a man of integrity. I gotta say it. I said some very um incorrect things and premature about the divides of Anthony Davis. And I am going to apologize. Uh I'm sorry. I was wrong. He's I back
3: him for like half the could
1: I know, but I'm saying I got but I did put some things out there early. I'm not gonna act like I was always here because it was looking dark. It was looking dark. It was. But I have to say this play, I have to give it to him. I was wrong. It happens. I will be wrong again. But I apologize. He's that guy. As
2: as for me, you know, (laughs) the questions were always valid but I'm not going to apologize because at the end of the day, what did they do? They played him at his rightful position. And, and what, <laughs> that was your, what that was your thing. You know? That was your and thing. And what have I said for years? He is a center. <laughs> play him at center and he will play the best basketball you'll ever see him playing. That's what he's doing. So I'm not apologizing because he should have never played power four to begin with. Uh, point blank. All
1: right. Y'all be cool, man. We out of here. We go. Peace y'all. What wow.